Hello and welcome to the technical miracle that is the Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with myself, Joe Oberly, and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, startribune.com. Mark, how the hell's it going this morning? Uh, if my if my commentary is inflected with uh, expletives, we'll delete them later. But uh, have I, I, I need you, I need you to be this grouchy and grumpy on the golf course, and unfocused. <laughs> Just bottle it up, Joe, and take it to the course for me. Uh, yeah, then I can hit those long drives and then uh, putt like crap. Yeah, that's that's what 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 I would do anyway. They didn't come to hear about our golf, even though we could fill a couple hours talking about that. Uh, Mark, uh, you know, we're heading down to the draft here. Uh, it's really? a week, week from tomorrow. And Sneaks up on you, doesn't it? It really does. It's April, and flowers are blooming, and the birds have been come back from Capistrano. And, and so the Vikings, they also came to camp this – well, kind of camp. They came to TCO Performance Center this week, and we'll get into that. But – First thing I wanted to ask you about, I mean, with the draft right on our doorstep, you know, I kind of looked at the Vikings roster and was thinking, you know, what what are their needs? You know, we always talk about best player available and needs, and the Vikings have a lot of needs this offseason, I think, but not everywhere because they filled a lot in free agency. But uh, I was looking at some of the positions, and I'm just curious if, uh, you know, maybe you can give us a clue as who they might pick, but – I thought they're all good at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tackle, and tight end on offense. Any thoughts there? Then I'm, am I missing anything? Well, I mean, uh, I, could, I could see them taking a tight end, but not certainly not in the higher rounds. You know, there could be a you know, later, even whatever the the best player available really starts to kick in. I you know the later rounds. I mean. It's the best player available in the first round, but but they weigh in their need. I mean, if you're if you're set at quarterback and you got uh, um, say this was a hot say this was the top quarterback year, it was like like it was last year, the Jaguars wouldn't be drafting a quarterback number one again, you know. So they factor in their needs. So yeah, to me the Vikings, the you know they yeah they're set at quarterback, <laughs> yeah, set at quarterback, um, but you know uh, like like uh, O'Connell said yesterday at the press conference. He, Anything's kind of on the table. He sort of was speaking for Quasi, I guess, but it's collaborative now. It's all they're all hand in hand on this stuff. So, you know, he's asked if if you feel like your quarterback room is set, do you take still take a quarterback at some point in the draft? And he talked about, you know, let's uh, like sometimes even when you feel like your quarterback room is set, it's kind of a fluid. That room is kind of a fluid thing. You're you're always looking just to see if you could add a guy to that room, be it you know. Uh, a project guy, a number two guy, whatever. Uh, he's looking forward to getting, you know, the look at Kellen Mond. He was, you know, talked about Kellen Mond and sort of in a glowing way, but also in a way of I got to see how he, this transfers onto the field. Uh, so you can see me be a quarterback, certainly not in the first round. Uh, but I, you know, I, I stick, I stay with with cornerback as their there's their biggest need. It's you know Patrick Peterson's back, that's great, uh, but he's he's older, he's. Uh, you know, they still need another guy. Uh, you know, to me, you just you the 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 Neil Hunter and Zadarius Smith that rush. If, if those guys stay healthy, that rush would be a lot better. If you had a at a number twelve pick overall at corner to go with the guys they've added. You know, not only Peterson but uh, uh, Sullivan. You know, that's a you know you need depth there. You need quality as well. So that would give them 
three pretty strong ones, assuming this rookie would be able to step in right away. And I would think he would be at number 12. Um, you know, it's important to keep, or just like in any position, you got to keep uh, taking people and developing them. And at certain positions, that's really important. I mean, you mentioned quarterback. They should always have their eye on, you know, maybe developing a young quarterback, but only uh, not only taking one uh, when they really need one in the first round. And there's not that much there, but maybe, you know, since cornerback is one of their needs and it is in a really important position. Uh, if we learned anything from Mike Zimmer, we learned that. And uh, uh, so it, it's, it's never with, with a guy like Pat Peterson, who's older, you want to get some new blood in there and get them developing. Don't you? Yeah. You know, and Mike Zimmer, they tried to do that. Uh, just had one guy get arrested, spent the whole year out of football and then found out that he wasn't, he was, uh, I don't want to say in, found innocent or whatever the charges there weren't, there weren't charges or whatever. I uh, don't know all the legal terms, but you know, that, that was a blow to him. Uh, Mike Hughes, his injury was botched by the Vikings, uh, his neck injury. And they, you know, they end up trading him for nothing uh, basically for to the chiefs. Um, you know, so they, they tried to keep, keep the, you know, like Zimmer said, well, you need one more corner, one more corner. Well, they tried that, but it just something would always happen. Um, but you know, that to me is, is the, you know, it's such a it's a league where you gotta you gotta have a quarterback, you gotta have a, a an ability to knock the quarterback down, and you gotta have the ability to cover uh, the receivers. So those are the three you know biggies right there. Uh, and also you gotta protect the quarter quarterback. So but the Vikings have their tackles, they have their quarterback that they're going with, at least short term. Uh, they they've added to their pass rush, which um, you know there's not I don't you know. There's a lot of edge rushers that are going to come off the board before they get to number 12. Some of those drafts this morning. And there's, yes. there's, there's one draft had them going one and two. And I was thinking, is that is that important to 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 backfill there? Because it's now they're switching to the three, four. They've got uh Zedaria Smith and Daniil Hunter, who are both coming off injuries. Uh, you know, maybe that's a, if it's a strong position in the draft, it's something they consider as well. Yeah, I think you just got to see what's there. I mean. Uh, and yeah, it, you know, we're leading up to the draft. You're going to see every. I mean, we've probably already seen every combination you could probably see already. But you know, now people are you know, there's even more people getting interested. So you know, people are flipping the script. You know, daily, hourly, minute by minute. Yeah. You know, there's. I mean, by the time we get to next Thursday, the Vikings may be uh, in line to take a kicker. By according to some people, we don't know. You know, or a punter maybe. I read two. Uh, I mean, I was flipping around this morning, and yeah, you're right. You see, I've seen everything. I've seen, you know, cornerbacks, but then there's talk that they're going to be gone. Derek Stingley and and uh, uh, some others, Trent McDuffie for for a couple to mention. But uh, um, I've I saw two uh, that talked about the Vikings trading out at twelve, and you know, trying to get some more draft capital, a la Rick Spielman, because uh, they are kind of in that rebuild slash competitive rebuild mode. Uh, what do you think the chances are of that? And uh, I guess for, for my money, I'd be sitting there watching TV and bumming out <laughs> because, you know, you want to see, you get a 12, number 12 draft pick. You want to see him take, you know, one of the 12 best players in the draft, right? Well, yeah, that would also be kind of fitting because every, that was people got would complain about Spielman doing that. Um, even though like you traded last year and he got down to where they, you know, they got the tackle that I think they wanted where they were at. Uh, you, now, now you have an analytics guy that's got numbers coming out of his ears, even more so than, than 
then uh, you know Spielman, you know they they did analytics last year. It's just they it's a little different this year. Uh, so yeah, if if all of their numbers and everything say that uh, the value is better at eighteen or twenty or whatever, and you know I, yeah, I could definitely see this team trading down uh, if you know if it if it comes to that. But uh, yeah, to me. You know, I don't think that the from all you, all you hear and all you you know, you, what makes sense is that the the quarterback from Cincinnati, Sauce Gardner, is going to be gone. They say, um, you know, Stingley's kind of that. Is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? It looks like McDuffie would be there. Uh, he's a little bit shorter, but they say he plays bigger. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I still I like corner at that position. I I think that Stingley. I'm just totally guessing here, but will be there because you've got a lot of tackles, offensive tackles. You've got a lot of edge rushers. And then, let's face it, we aren't going to get to number 10 without a quarterback being drafted. Right. I mean, every year they say, oh, this is a bad quarterback draft. Someone, everyone, it's such a desperate – when you don't have it, you're in total desperation mode, as we've seen. You know, the Browns had a number one overall guy who took him to the playoffs last year. It, it, they, he fizzled. He's, he's no good anymore. So they go out and they trade three number ones to get, uh, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. Look what the Rams did last year. Um, you know, what the Broncos did. So, you know, people are doing that. So, so like they're, Malik uh, Jackson or uh, the Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them get taken, you know, by, by uh, you know, the Panthers certainly and, uh, you know, Atlanta at number eight. You know, I, can, I can see quarterback going at six and eight. So you know, that's a real good situation for the Vikings is, you know, people uh, reaching, I, I guess we'll say reach. I mean, people said that pe- that the chiefs reached for Patrick Mahomes. Well, in hindsight, that wasn't a reach. That was a, one of the best 10 number 10 picks ever. So, but if you know, you're not going to take a quarterback, you want to see the, you want to see those teams reaching for those quarterbacks and, and combine that with the offensive tackles, the edge rushers, then that those corners start to fall to where the Vikings, I think, will, will take one. And one of those guys I had seen a lot of steam from lately is, uh, uh, assuming Derek Stingley's gone, uh, the LSU cornerback Trent McDuffie's. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people talking about him possibly, you know, dropping to the Vikings if Stingley's gone and the quarterbacks are gone, like you said, and that and that leaves a, a decent one on the board. You know anything about him and that he's worth uh, he's worth the pick at twelve. Well, Stingley is the one from LSU. This guy is from Washington. Oh, you know, he's, he's, he's a shorter guy. He's, he's 5'10". Um, but, you know. 5'10"? never take him. Yeah, I, well, I don't, I don't profess to know this guy's, you know, everything about this guy. Um, but I will say that, that, you, that you're capable of playing corner in this league at 5'10". Uh, at I mean, um, Antoine Winfield, I know this is an earlier era, but Antoine Winfield transfer would transfer to, to any era, I think, uh, was a pretty damn good quarterback at 5'8", or whatever he was. Um, and he was a number one pick, or number two, yeah, number one pick in way back. So, uh, yeah, I think at 12, you know, it just depends on whether, if you say you get to the third corner, say that the first two are gone, and now you're at 12 and you're looking, okay, we got the third best corner or the best, um, you know, I don't know, throw in a position that uh, say, say that safety drops. I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. And they decide, hey, we'll take the safety from Notre Dame at 12. I Hey, 
I remember when they said safety should never be taken in the top half of the draft in 1991. Uh, Bill Belichick drafted a, a safety number two overall in the first draft he ever had as a, as a head coach uh, in Cleveland. Eric Turner, he, he wasn't a Hall of Famer, but he was a he was a Pro Bowl player that uh, was pretty good on those teams. Uh, so the safety position is – there's a lot of value there. So number 12, if that guy's there, I don't think he will be, but – I could see safety, although you know Cam Bynum deserves a, a shot at, at being mm-hmm. the starter. But if you have a if you have a rookie who's a would slide and, and, and you can get him at twelve, you take that guy because that's a that's a sort of a hole in your defense right now. The Vikings did all right taking a safety in the second half of the first round. Old Harrison Smith, he did pretty good. Right? Yeah. Um, what about uh, center and guard? Uh, do we need to, you know, the Vikings have labored to improve those positions, well, not center, but certainly guard in, in the free agency. Do you think they need to look for a, a center for the future um, uh, behind Garrett Bradbury, or is that, are they set at that position? <clears throat> well, it depends. I mean, like say, say they did trade down and that's this Iowa guy, uh, Tyler Lindenbaum. Uh, he's supposedly the best, the best center um, on, and he probably, if he's a first round pick, he's probably toward the bottom. Say you say you trade down, and uh, you know what they're saying about uh, Garrett Bradbury now is what you'd kind of expect them to say as long as he's on his on your roster. Well, you know, um, he's you know, they haven't labeled that. They've said right guard is an open competition. Center, they've been in support of Garrett Bradbury. They've um, said that our our offense will be more suited to how he plays all that stuff. Um, but let's face it, even Garrett, Garrett Bradbury came out and said he didn't play very well. Right. hasn't played very well. We know he hasn't played very well. So what the true feelings are, what the podium feelings are sometimes don't always mesh. Uh, say you end up trading down into the lower half of the first round and you get some quality, some value for that pick later on. Uh, and that guy's there. Maybe you take that guy and he's your center. And I, I, I don't see that, but, you know, these are all possibilities. That's what, that's why people, that's why the draft is entertaining. Once it gets here, I don't like any of I don't like all the hype because, you know, we're all going to be wrong. It's just a matter of, um, you know, how, how wrong are we? And, and, and by the fact that we've had three, you know, months and months and months of all of this, you know, chatter, uh, it makes what we consider surprises on draft night that maybe they aren't surprises. They're, they're surprises because we've all, established the narrative and been tweaking it and, and but there's there's going to be guys that go in the first round that's in nobody's for mock draft you see that also every year it's like these aren't just the 32 guys that are in every single mock you know there's going to be a guy that someone thinks is a third rounder or second rounder it's going to end up in in the first round somewhere yeah um speaking of trent mcduffie uh at 510 well good good news for him if he's drafted by the vikings that uh uh, what's his name from Green Bay is gone. I can't even think of the big receiver over there. What's uh, Devontae Adams is gone and Allen Robinson's gone out of the division. So that's helpful. But, uh, but uh, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame is six, four. So maybe that's somebody they want to look at. That's a pretty good sized lad. 220. Yeah, I, I think he'll be long gone. You think so? A yep. safety? Well, okay. Um, what about, uh, uh what about the guard position? Do you think uh, 
do you think they're they're set there or uh you know it'd be tough to take another uh in, or an interior offensive lineman in the first round especially at number 12 i think i'm not sure if there's any yeah I, you know I, I tend to think that if if they had that anywhere in their their scope of thinking that they would not have have spent that much time and, and, and resources in free agency yeah. to get those guys. Um, I don't see that, um, you know, center possibly, but you know, that would be if they traded down or second round, but I don't see that either. Um, I, you know, I don't think you, 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 you make that that much of a devote that much of resources and effort and then getting those veteran guys and then take one, certainly not at number 12. What about wide receiver? Or maybe we can talk about them in the next segment. Uh, I'm not sure you want to talk. You can talk about that. But, yeah, well, that's that's a good look at uh, what the Vikings could do, what they might do. That's all we can ever do is say, you know, I, it, you know, there's plenty of people out there saying what the Vikings should do. I'm not going to say that. I, I just wait to see what they do do, and especially this this new – Sometimes it is do-do. Exactly. I set that one up there for you, Mark. I thought about taking after it myself. So hopefully not with the first picks for – uh, Kevin O'Connell and uh, Quasey, uh, this is uh, this is a big draft for them, so it'd really be interesting to see what they do. But anyway, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more from the Vikings Territory Breakdown. All right, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, one note I teased in the last segment was wide receivers. I, you know, you might not have seen much of this online, but I, you know, I mean, you can go all over the the interwebs and, and see just about anything you want. And I I've heard some speculation probably more on Twitter than maybe online for actual drafts, but uh, you know, the potential of the Vikings moving up and taking a wide receiver or at least taking a wide receiver at 12, if there's a good one there. And that's a head scratcher to me. I, I, I don't know why they would do that. Um, it's, it's a position of relative strength with Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen both back, Adam Thielen restructuring his contract, and K.J. Osborne, who who put a lot of uh, good play on film last year. I think maybe he's just coming into his own, you know, and they've got plenty others on the thing that can fill in. They may not be great, but someone was saying, you know, get a, another Justin Jefferson guy and and uh, be, you know, score 100 points a game or something. So I don't know. Kind of sounded silly to me, but w- what did you think of that? There's only one football, so – uh, I don't know how, uh, but no, you know, trading up. No, I, I absolutely, I can't see that at all. Right. Um, trading up for a receiver. No, no. Uh, if, if, if things fall and, and say the top receivers there, which I don't think it would be. Gary maybe, Wilson, yeah, maybe, maybe from, uh, well, you know, the, the, the Jets at number 10, I have to think they're going to take a receiver that uh, Drake London from USC or, or, um, uh, the one you just mentioned, um, Garrett Wilson. What's his name? Yeah, Garrett Wilson or, you know, Chris Olave, uh, you know, uh, Washington's probably could, I could see them taking a receiver. So there's, you know, that's what, 10 and 11, right? That's maybe yeah. two spots right ahead of them <clears throat> that they take, a, you know, that those teams take a receiver. I certainly can't see them spending the draft capital to jump that position. But you're right. If, but if the, if the best player hands down is a receiver at number 12, I, you know, it would be strange, but I, I wouldn't rule it out, you know, because uh, if you're looking beyond this year, you know, Thielen's is getting up there in age. Um, 
you know, uh, they really, after the top three receivers, you know, who, who's the fourth receiver right now, you know, yeah. can you go into, can you go into a season or go into your future with those three guys, you know? So that would not, that would not shock me if, if say that, you know, whatever happens, the number one receiver is there and they take it. Uh, but I, I don't see him trading up. Certainly not. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that may be, you know, that, that was just maybe a, a, a Twitter steam or something that was someone just throwing something out. But there's also that I, I'm looking at an NFL uh, draft here that has the Jets taking Jamison Williams from Alabama, wide receiver, junior wide receiver at 10. And the Washington Commanders taking Garrett Wilson from Ohio State at 11. That's right before the Vikings. So it's very possible that, uh, you know, there is a, a receiver that can drop to them at 12 if, if, uh, uh, if the thing falls that way. I don't, you know, certainly not trading up. I don't see them them doing that either. I, 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 I don't know that, you know, I mean, you're going to have trouble signing Justin Jefferson after next year. I mean, he's going to, he's going to get a lot of money and that's going to, I mean, I wouldn't think you'd, you'd bring another hot receiver into camp and, and try to, you know, uh, take some of his reps away so that he doesn't get so much money, but I, I you know, that, that's going to be an interesting situation for him, but it's like, you know, you, Maybe people are falling with love in love with how you can get a a, a young receiver and really uh, change uh, your fortunes. I mean, look at Cincinnati with Jamar Chase. Uh, he came out, believe you know, he's a former teammate of Jefferson. Jefferson before that came out, and they've they're certainly changing the way uh, uh, those teams are are running. Well, that, so uh, let's let's be realistic here. Uh, what changed Cincinnati? I mean, Jamar Chase had a huge role in that, but you know, Joe having Joe Burrow in his second season when you know his first his first season he got he got injured, he game eight or nine or ten or whatever. Uh, I would attach a lot more of changing the fortunes in Cincinnati to Joe Burrow. Not that Jamar Chase isn't a Jamar Chase is a great receiver, uh, but you know. Joe Burrow is a special quarterback that changes a franchise. Of course. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to say that's not true, but, you know, you still need someone to throw to, and you know, still need somebody good. Look at how much they uh, – the, how much was spent and uh, received in, in the Tariq Hill trade, and Devontae Adams went and got a big contract. Receivers are huge. Uh, you know, right. and I guess we I – mean, That's, that's right. right. I'm not saying it's yeah. really changed your fortunes, but – Man, oh man, you can have all the Joe Burrows in the world. I, you know, if if there's nobody that can stretch the defense and make some some good catches for him, I'm not saying he's he's more important than Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong, no. but I just think somebody might fall in love with the fact that you know if, if they're if they're taking receivers, you know, uh, ten and eleven at least in this draft, and probably uh, there's one even earlier that's gone. I mean, that that seems like a lot. I used to hear in the draft that you can always pick up a receiver. That's good. It's Stefan Diggs is what a fifth rounder, uh, uh, and you know that that stuff happens. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Adam Thielen was undrafted. Thank you very much. But uh, so I, I don't know. I, I just think I'm just postulating the theory that maybe you know uh, it's the way to go in, in this new uh, pass happy league. Have a well, great quarterback and get, get a good receiver. I, I know, but. I guess I guess what I maybe this goes back to uh, our uh, the discussions we've had about uh, Justin Jefferson. 
Justin Jefferson, in my eyes, in a lot of people's eyes, is that receiver. He, he is that Jamar Chase. He is that uh, potential, you know, Devontae Adams type. He's, he is up in that, that neighborhood. That's where he lives. Um, and so that, you know, to me, uh, I'm, this offense and this uh, new uh, quarterback friendly system and coach needs to get uh, the quarterback to understand that a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying just to throw the ball around and not without any care, but, you know, they need to realize more consistently that that's the type of receiver they have in him. And, it, and I think they could, that, that's even more possible when you have an Adam Thielen on the other side and you also have Irv Smith coming back. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm just being devil's advocate here just to oh, I, defend, defend, uh, defend Twitter. And that's a hard thing to do these days, you know, to, to defend any kind of things. It's uh, it's because uh, it, it's all over the map. But I, I would be very unhappy if they took a receiver uh, with their 12th pick or, you know, did anything to, to get a receiver. I think they're set at that position and they should uh, go on. And that, and that segues into the next thing I want to talk about here is because they have a, a kind of uh, – a uh, hybrid uh, receiver tight end coming back from injury. And you saw him the other day, at, in fact, maybe it was yesterday, on the sidelines at TCO Performance Center. He was uh, Irv Smith, the tight end who got who injured his meniscus at the beginning of the season last year and missed the whole year, uh, was running on the sidelines. And, you know, as a, as a sufferer of four meniscus surgeries myself, I'm going – what the hell's the deal? Get back on the field. But you know, they might, they must've repaired it. They must've sewed it back up, which is a longer, longer recovery time than it is for, for just snipping it and going on. But, uh, and, and that's the way you should do. I mean, that's a, uh, Adrian Peterson did way back in the day. He had his sewn back up and chose to do that rather than just cut it and go. And, 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 you know, for someone who's, who's making million dollars on, on their, on their knees. That's the way to go. But uh, did you see, uh, uh, were you out there to see uh, uh, Irv Smith run around and, and what are your thoughts about that? So, so you're, as you're, as a, as a meniscus guy, you're telling him to just walk it off. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the physical um, demands of Irv's, Irv's position is a little more strenuous than the Joe Oberly uh, work day. Wow. I'm guessing. That really hurts. Um, um, I don't know my oh, own. I mean, you, you were, yeah, you were, you were, you were speaking of Twitter. You were very Twittery uh, in saying that uh, on uh, when you emailed me about him not participating. And I said, Joe, it's April 19th. Settle down, settle down. Like Tice with the, the draft pick when they took Kevin Williams. All right, calm down, calm down. So it's, you know, it's, it's April 19th. I, I would be more concerned if he was out there running around like a madman, like, like uh, it was a Super Bowl on April 19th and I would have him work with the trainer on the sideline and, and just really taking it. You probably, don't want anybody, you probably don't want to see any of the other uh, uh, offensive linemen pulling his knee back at popping it back into place on the yeah. field like you do for Not, me on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in saying that, you know, if he's doing this when training camp opens, then that's a different story. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, that, that he should be ready for training camp. Uh, last year uh, it was ironic because last time we talked to him was, uh, after the Kansas City game, uh, the preseason game where he, he had two really good catches and played uh, 11, 12 snaps, looked really good. Well, that's where he hurt his knee. And he, when he talked to us, it was like, you know, getting ready for the season. And then like a day later, maybe that night, it was, hey, uh, Irv Smith is done for the year. 
another one of the another one of the nails. I mean, you talk about a series of of perfect storm nails that that sunk Zimmer and Spielman to the bottom of the river. That was one. That was another one. You know, KJ Osborne stepped up. You know, KJ Osborne hadn't caught a pass in the one or two year or uh, the one year that he was with him. He didn't, you know, didn't know who he was. He was just this, this guy that was inactive all the time. Uh, he stepped in that was a pretty good number three receiver. Well, Herb was that was going to be that, like you said, hybrid tight end number three receiver. And uh, you can see in O'Connell's eyes that, um, you know, I think he's being genuine in saying that, you know, Irv Smith really fits what they want to do offensively. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, offensive systems and whether a guy fits this or that is a little overblown. If a guy is like Irv Smith and has the multi, multi multiple skills, like he does, he's 22 years old. Um, he's going to do kind of all the things you need to do, whether you play in Gary Kubiak's, you know, offense or, or this offense or anything that's a mesh between the two of them. Um, same with, you know, the way the tackles play. If you're good, you're good. You're going to, you're going to fit systems. I mean, uh, some of that maybe with some running backs or some alignment, maybe uh, blocking schemes, maybe that's the case, but if you're good, you're, they're going to find a way to, to use you. And he's a good player that could, could take off because we were thinking he was going to take off last year because that right. was his first year without Kyle Rudolph. Um, you know, now yeah, and Tyler Conklin would have benefited yeah, from the whole deal. Yeah, Tyler Tyler Conklin came in and played well. I think that you know, as good as 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 much of an overachiever as Tyler Conklin is, and and got everything he can out of what he is. Irv Smith has the ability to be a special tight end. So if you you know you put that with what they have. If they can protect Kirk Cousins, I mean that's the key as as always. You know, there's a lot of weapons out there that they can that they can take advantage of, but they also have to stay healthy. I mean, the, this team's health uh, played a huge role in Mike Zimmer not being here anymore. So, um, you know, they also need depth, and can you have depth whenever your quarterback is making that kind of money? You can fill up, maybe you can fill all the holes, but no team makes it start to finish with you know, the same 22. So, um, you know, the health has got to, and that's why it's a good thing that this guy is just not saying take it easy. Cause he's, when these guys are on the sideline, they're sometimes they're working harder and more consistently throughout the practice than they are if they're on the field. Yeah. So, you know, he's doing what he needs to do and, and they're, uh, they're erring on the side of caution, which is, which they need to do. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, I guess it brings to mind a different question. I mean, last year we were coming into the season thinking, okay, Irv Smith's going to, he's going to be the, he's going to be the guy this year. He's going to have a big year and they're going to, you know, really make him a focal point of the offense. And even Tyler Conklin the year before showed some signs that he was going to be another great backup tight end, probably would have lent more towards blocking than Irv was doing. But they had this two, two tight end system that they were really going to employ. Irv goes down, Conklin steps in, has a, has a great season, not not great numbers, but for him it was great enough to get a really decent free agent quarterback and go to the Jets. Do my question, I guess, is do then the Vikings need that Tyler Conklin guy that they had planned for last year to to step at? Do, do they have him on the roster now? I think they signed one tight end, didn't they? Yeah, they got a they had a, they got a tight end from from the Rams that didn't have a lot. Of the, I forget his name, but. 
Uh, they they got a guy from the Rams that uh, tells you that they, you know, he comes from the Rams. He was coached by West, you know, his position coach was West Phillips, the Vikings offensive coordinator now. And obviously uh, O'Connell was there as offensive coordinator. So he's a guy that you can trust that they know exactly. However, they're going to use him probably more as a blocking guy. Uh, but yeah, and then they have the the punter slash uh, uh, tight end that they got last year. Uh, drawing a blank on his name, but you know, what do they think? What are their thoughts on him? You know, uh, he, he certainly looks physical and active and everything. But that you know that last re- regime is the one that picked him, so we don't know what they really think about this guy. Um, so yeah, I, I could see a tight end. You know, if there's the tight end is the best thing on the board in the third, fourth, well, I mean, fourth, fifth round, whatever, you know, I could see that. You know, I guess maybe then the thing to do is look back at how the Rams used their tight ends last year. Uh, what, is, what is it Higby or is Higgins? Which is the, Hig, the Higby? Higby. Uh, who was, who was, you know, despite the fact that uh, Cooper Cup gets every pass that's thrown out there, uh, Higby had a pretty good season too. And so he gets used a lot. And so maybe that's where Kevin O'Connell's salivating. He's got, he's got this uh, really decent t- pass catching tight end. And, and uh, I mean, that, maybe that's the way to go is to look and see how they used him. And that, that's what we can anticipate happening this year, but who knows? Um, you, you sent me a note about Cam Bynum and you touched on him earlier. Uh, but uh, talk about his role and what you're seeing from him at, at safety and what you think to expect. I mean, he's, he's, is he a third year man this year or, or second, second year? Second year, and you you think he's ready to step in and set and play alongside Harrison Smith, and, and it certainly has a crack at that shot. Role. Well, I, I I don't know if he's ready. I I I think he is. I th- you know when you go through an off season, you know it's only one off season, and so you go through free agency, especially as cash strapped as this team is. You know you've got to like they paid a lot of attention to their to the nose tackle. They got that guy. They got the linebacker, which was a big hole. They got uh, you know some multiple options that they can maybe plug in at right guard. Um, you can't do everything. And, and, and I, I don't see them like I'm free to say they didn't, they didn't get a safety to, to start alongside Harrison Smith that way. I don't see him getting it in the you know first round of the draft. So this is Cam Bynum's job. I, I would assume. And uh, I think that, you know, whether he's ready or not, he's probably the guy I do like, because you know, he, he came from corner in, in college. I think that sort of helps him. Typically, when you switch from corner to safety, that, that that's just their way of telling you you're not fast enough to play corner. And a lot of times guys would get offended by that or get pissed off about it. This guy seemed to embrace it. This guy seemed to learn from Harrison Smith. This guy seemed to have instincts and a, um, just a knack for – he was around the ball. Like when he made that start in Baltimore, I think he had an interception mm-hmm. um, when Harrison had the had COVID. Um, so he's a guy that's around the ball. He's got good instincts. He talked a little bit about how this defense, it's more visual where maybe the safeties are looking at the quarterback a little more, which tells you that they're probably playing a little more zone. Uh, he seems to like that. And, and, and maybe that fits him because he's an instinctive guy that he might be taking you know chances. I mean, Zimmer, as aggressive as he was on third downs with the blitz packages and everything, Zimmer was kind of a, you know, you know, old school in the fact that uh, interceptions weren't, I mean, get the guy, get him down, cover your guy, get him on the ground and, and play sound defense as opposed to don't take risks. Don't, don't over, don't jump too many routes. 
because if, you, if, you, if you're not successful, then the ball goes 80 yards for a touchdown. Um, Cam Bynum, I could see it being kind of a guy that jumped, you know, if it's a visual defense, he and Harrison Smith could be, you know, turnovers could be more in play, but maybe bigger play, you know, giving up bigger plays might be in play as well. But I think he's the guy, uh, unless there's a surprise in the draft. Um, and I, you know, I, I think people should be encouraged by how he played as a rookie. And I think he's, I, I like, I just sort of like his attitude too, and how he's, you know, um, you can sort of tell that this is, this is a, this means a lot to him. And that's, Sounds like a cliche, but sometimes it doesn't mean a lot to guys. They're masking it. I don't get the impression with him that he's faking it. It's uh, this is a he, he, this is a big deal for him to, to to take control of that position. If that's all true, that's probably the best news we've heard out of the secondary all offseason. That's I'll have to keep an eye on him this year. One more uh, thing I wanted to touch on real quickly is that you you noted. In practice, you saw it looked like uh, Darisaw was looking in good shape, and and talked about how he can prove, uh, you know, what what he wants to, you know, maybe spoke out a few things about last year and and what he wants to do this year. I know last year he had the injury and started late, and you have said many times in the podcast, you got to be out there, you got to be on the field, and if if uh, he's going to be healthy he's going to be good but uh any thoughts on uh any further thoughts on seeing Darisaw this this week in practice yeah I mean that to me is the biggest question with him is that I mean when you look at him um it's 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 is he going to stay healthy is and he looks you know he looks in, in he looks in really good shape um he's these guys typically all look like they're in good shape because it's year round I mean they, they go away for a month or two or whatever it is, and they come back and they start doing this stuff. Well, they, I don't think anybody anymore just goes home and doesn't do anything. They may rest up, you know, rest their, you know, just rest their body for a week or so, but it's not long-term. Um, this guy, I mean, when you look at him and you look at him play, he's he just screamed round pick because, you know, he's you know, technically he's sound. Um, he's, he's got quick feet. He's, he's got the, the way he plays with his hands and, and the way he's proportioned him, whatever he is, 320 pounds. I don't know what he is, but it's, you know, he's not top heavy, like, like a Rashad Hill. Rashad Hill is a great overachiever uh, that, you know, gave the Vikings everything he, he could give them, but he was, a, he's a top heavy type guy. And he's a, he's that he leans or he's reaching this. Darisol never has to lean or reach. Uh, and I, I just see him getting better and better and better. And it's just a matter of whether, you know, he had he had the two surgeries before his first his first game. He had a surgery coming out of college before the draft. Then he had a surgery in training camp, uh, and we just didn't know when we were going to see him. And they put him in against the Lions at first game. It was you, know, you could just tell. And that's one thing he talked about yesterday was someone asked, "What did you learn from your from your rookie year?" And he goes, "I learned I belong. I belong in this league." And I agree with him. He but he definitely belongs. He's just got to stay healthy. Yeah, well, it's all happy news from Mark Craig this this week on the Vikings territory podcast. They're they're, they're all the they are undefeated in all the press conferences. <laughs> well, that's that, that's good to hear. Um, well, so we'll take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be back with a final segment uh, um, on the Vikings territory Vikings territory breakdown podcast. Come on back. All right, welcome back to uh, Vikings territory breakdown podcast with myself and Mark Craig. 
Mark, you know, uh, I said at the top of the podcast, I thought we were set at quarterback. And uh, uh, I think if we learn anything in this league that you should never be set at quarterback, you should always be in some regard drafting and developing and looking at and bringing people in. The Vikings have brought great numbers of free Asian quarterbacks in and uh, haven't spent a lot of time developing or successfully developing in, in recent years uh, a quarterback. And last year they took – Kellen Mann in the third round, and uh, we all know what the Mike Zimmer ended up uh, evaluating him as. So, uh, well, now he's got a new chance. He's got uh, he's got uh, Kevin O'Connell as his head coach, and um, you know if the Vikings aren't going to take a quarterback early, uh, the it goes back to them or goes back to Kellen Mann. You, you've got you've got uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. You've got Sean Mannion, and we've got Kellen Mann on the roster. So they suspect they probably will take one late, maybe to see to, just to take another kick the tires on somebody. But I know O'Connell talked a bit about Mond yesterday and quarterbacks and such. And uh, can you expound on what you heard there and what you think uh, Kevin O'Connell might be thinking in for this position as he is a, a quarterbacks guy? He used to be one in Washington. Yeah, I mean, I asked him, you know, what you know. You know, what are your thoughts on on Mon? And what were your thoughts on you know? Did they did he have any kind of um, you know, memory of looking at him last year in the draft? I know that the Rams obviously went and got Stafford, and they were set at quarter quarterback, and they weren't looking right. to take a quarter uh, take a quarterback. Uh, but he you know he obviously successful in college. He he liked his instincts. He liked his arm. Um, but he also reserved like you know I'm looking forward because you know the coaches right now uh, they you know even though they're having these uh, off-season program it's just the strength coaches that are out there now the coaches are for whatever reason are not allowed to be out there even in this position even not until they get the OTAs going to get on the field so you know uh O'Connell still hasn't been out there uh but you know on the field on the grass as he says uh, with Kellen Mond to kind of work with him uh I have a feeling that yeah I mean obviously he's gonna Kellen Mond's gonna get a lot more attention from Kevin O'Connell uh, early on here than, than he ever got from, from Mike Zimmer. And ditto for, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins and Sean Manning and all that. The thing about Zimmer, I mean, everything goes back to that, that interview in Green Bay after they lost. I mean, to me, uh, not def- not defending him, but he's asked about, uh, would you like to see Kellen Mond next week? All right. To put in context, you know, imagine yourself in this position, okay? You're in Green Bay. I mean, he's about – was it was cold, right? He's like 20 shades of red. You know, they just lost Kirk Cousins, which, you know, Mike Zimmer had spent all summer, you know, basically begging and, and, and bickering with, with his quarterback in the, uh, in, in the media to, you know, get your shot, get your shot, get your shot. So then it comes down to a game. Basically Zimmer needs to, to, to win that game, to stay alive in the playoffs. Otherwise even Zimmer knows he's done. That's it. It's done. So they, you know, Kirk Cousins, naturally, as we all predicted, came down, you know, had the COVID situation. And he, it was, you know, contact or whatever, but he couldn't because he didn't have a shot. He couldn't come back quick like some of the other guys. So he's out for the game. Sean Mannion steps in and Sean Mannion plays like Sean Mannion, who guy who's been in the league for seven years and has played 10 games or whatever, plays horrible. They lose. Zimmer knows he's basically probably, he's done. And then, to get a question about Kel, if you want to see Kellen Mond, I mean, 
it's hard to, I mean, uh, Kevin O'Connell and Quasi and those, these, they're polished for that. They're, they're, you're probably right. never going to, you're never going to see the true emotion with these guys. I don't ever see a Kevin O'Connell coming in after a tough loss and blowing a gasket. Now he may want to, but he's been, he's been programmed in this new way um, to basically be nice. He's not going to say anything more to us than, but he's going to be nice about it. Whereas Zim was just like, you know what? I've just had my, you know, my nerve, I've been cut down to the nerve on quarterbacks and I'm being asked whether I want to see Kellen Mond in a meaningless game the next week. And then whenever he was asked why, it was like, well, I see him in practice. And also you got to go back to Kellen Mond in the preseason. Kellen Mond looked like he was playing, uh, uh, I'm going to go back in time where only you and I will know what we're talking about. He's playing at 78 <laughs> and the rest of everybody else is playing at 45 and that's what he looked like. So, um, you know, and Zimmer, let's face it, Zimmer didn't want to take a quarterback in the third round. Zimmer had already been talked into Kirk Cousins, you know, three or four years before that. He's not wanting to, and he's coming off a losing season in which his defense gave up 400 points. He's not wanting to build for the future at quarterback. He's wanting more defensive guys. So, yeah, that, that all boils down to uh, that answer. That's a long way of answering that, but we'll find out about what, what Kevin O'Connor really feels about Kevin uh, about. Kellen Mond, if they take a quarterback, say in the third round again, that means they don't like Kellen Mond. Let's right. face it; he's not that guy's not there to compete with Kellen Mond. That guy is to replace Kellen Mond. Watch if what they, they take, do, and not what they say, right? Right. And if they take a quarterback in the seventh round or sixth round, that means they don't like. You know, people forget they also have Nate Stanley on the roster, was a seventh round pick from Iowa. He's their fourth quarterback. Right. So, so, so they take a guy like later, you know, then that means that. You know, that's that's that he becomes their Nate Stanley that they kind of churning at the bottom of the roster on the practice squad. Yeah, it was interesting listening to to O'Connell talk about about Mond and other things. He he's really he's got the coach speak down and and, and as, as well he should at this point in time. I mean he's he hasn't played a game yet. Everything's nice, and but he he doesn't he doesn't give you too much. But he 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 it's. It, it's almost the anti-Zimmer at this point because you know when you're talking, Zimmer's emotions were raw, and and he he does give you even throughout his entire uh, tenure here, he was giving you what he really felt, and and which was I always appreciated. I appreciated it. Mike Tice, as opposed to Danny Green's uh, obfuscation, you know what he would do. It was uh, it was always nice as a reporter to have that kind of. Uh, uh, you know, uh, nerve opened up with blood or not nerve. You're, you're cutting open a vein, I guess it it's uh, you're not going to get that with O'Connell. Certainly not yet. And certainly not till he's lost a couple or, or and, and people are start calling for his head in, in, in week three. That's possible. And in today's world. Yeah. Uh, it's very possible that they oh, they got the wrong guy. Get rid of him. <laughs> but, but yeah, they, there's none of that yet. So. Ed Donatel for head coach. No, I'm kidding. Well, you know, I'm going to say this now because I want to get uh, some letters and, and Twitter trashing for me for my, my stand. But, you know, Colin Kaepernick came out and said yesterday, the other day that he's willing to be a backup, which I thought he should have done a long time ago. That's nice of him. Pardon me? I said it's nice of him to say he's willing to be a backup. Well, you know, I mean, he he had said for a while that he wanted to sign with somebody who wanted to, you know, have a shot as a starter. And I said, well, why don't you just get on a team and and uh, work your way back up? Unfortunately, but I, I you know, I, I'd sure rather have him on our team than uh, 
than uh, Sean Mannion. And I know Sean Mannion is 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 Kirk's Kirk's guy. He loves him in the locker room, and he's he's just what we want. And you know, I mean, to to get rid of someone like that for Kirk, who is suddenly uh, reportedly taking all kinds of leadership role, and and he's there and front and center in every meeting, and really trying to be a leader and and real happy, and that's great. But you take away that 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 uh, crutch of Sean Manning, who you know is not going to beat you out, so you don't have that pressure, and you bring in someone like uh, Colin Kaepernick. It, it it all of a sudden makes things a little more uneasy again in the quarterback room. And Kirk's got to, uh, you know, he's got to play even harder because this is a former starting quarterback who has been to the Super Bowl. And, uh, um, you know, for me, I, I don't know what he's got left in the tank, but, I, you know, if you could get him for the money that you can get Sean Manning, which you probably couldn't, I would love to see it, but it'll never happen. Any thoughts on that, Mark? Oh, yeah, I, I sort of feel like, you know, how long did it take before the – uh, the Elvis sightings are talking about Elvis still being alive uh, before we gave up, you know, I mean, to me, if uh, Kaepernick, if you want Colin Kaepernick, you don't want to bring him in and be a backup and have him be the focal point of everything that's talked about with this team. Uh, I don't think you're getting that. You're getting that the thing you, you talked about out of Kirk Cousins. If you bring Colin Kaepernick, in, you, what you're getting is all the focus on Colin Kaepernick and, and, and then the, can, can up, upset the, the chemistry of the team and all this stuff. If To me, and that's not to say that Colin Kaepernick, he, sh- he should have been somewhere in this league in the past, okay? Yep. Uh, not saying that he shouldn't have, okay? What I'm saying is that bring him in. Don't bring him, you know, if you're going to have a sideshow, have it be the main, have it, put him on the main stage. Like if you're the, if the Carolina Panther, Panthers, uh, you don't have a quarterback, you know, bring him in. Maybe Seattle, maybe you bring him in for Seattle. Um you know, bring him in where he can, he, if he can still play. I mean, who, who the heck knows if he can still play? Uh, I, you know, I, well, I swear you can see videos of it all the time. I mean, it's just, you know, if he, if he has, if he has, a, if he has a workout at Michigan or if he, yeah. he calls a workout, well, the one workout he called that he, he didn't go through with it or whatever. I don't know what it was, but it's to me, if, if he can, if you feel like he can still play, bring him in and try, and try to, you would have bring him, you brought him in uh, sooner than now and try and get him to where he can contribute. And, you know, you don't bring him in to sit behind, you know, and be, and be Sean Mannion, because that's not, you know, these are, these are real, these are real personalities. It wouldn't be a good look having him uh, kneeling on the sidelines with a clipboard under his arm. No, that wouldn't be a good look. Hey, you know, the thing is we had, we had, you know, he's already, he already, uh, that he got, obviously got, I would say he got punished for that after after after. Absolutely. I don't know. Was it been five years? Mason played, and uh, so now it's it's not maybe not like you're. There's a lot more to go into it than just what he did and whether you agreed or you disagree with what he did, because since that happened, we had an we had an entire season where, like the Vikings had, had never once had a guy kneel, and then we had that season where. Even the, everyone on the Vikings, Neil, you know, they, they did it. And it's, mm-hmm. okay, people, we moved on. Um, now, I think with Colin Kaepernick, it becomes, is, can he play? And is he worth, like, he certainly, you know, I don't think you bring him in to, to be a backup at all. Uh, if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, just, you know, say, say your quarterback gets hurt and he's out there and he's in good shape, you bring him in and have him be yeah. Joe Webb, like Joe Webb at the at the Packers game, a playoff game, you know, just – 
which, which uh, Joe, I should say Joe Webb on the first series of that Packers right, game where right. run left, run right, run left, and they score. And then it's like, uh, why, you know, and then they stopped doing that. And then the next week is when Colin Kaepernick ran for 200, whatever, or 180, 200 yards and beat the Packers uh, that way. So um, if he can still do that stuff, uh, is Carolina, is that- someone like that should sign him and try and make him a star. Um, I, I agree with you. It should be based on whether or not he can play and nothing else. But uh, uh, is that a good idea for a, a, a franchise to do? You have, you're building your offense around Kirk Cousins, who is not that kind of mobile quarterback guy. He can run. He can get out there a little bit, but he's not going to do it, and he's not what he wants. He's a, a drop-back quarterback who, who likes to, to uh, uh, drop it off to the running back. Sorry. Uh, he uh, – Colin Kaepernick's not is a completely different style. I mean, aren't you building your offense one way, or or is that a style that can you know, Kaepernick can drop back and play that, but he can get out and get amongst. I mean, because you know, to be honest, isn't that what Kellen Mond is? He's he's an athletic quarterback that can run if 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 stuff breaks down. I mean, is is do you? I guess the question is, do you try to get a backup quarterback who can step right in and play the same way that you're that your uh, starting quarterback is? Or is that a silly question? Well, I. I mean, we haven't seen him play. Can he still do that? I mean, um, do you still run the same uh, 40 times, Joe, as five years ago? Have you slowed I'll, down? I'll, I'll go check it out after the podcast. See, see how I do. With, with a sundial? Um, <laughs> wow. I don't know. I mean, there's probably two schools of thought. Yeah, you want to – like uh, in, in New England, it was always – you know, you, you had guys – they weren't as good as Brady, but they, they looked like Brady. They were – you know, Matt Castle, you know, he had the same upright style and um, then Garoppolo a little bit. Um, but you could also want a guy that you could bring in as a change of pace. Maybe, you know, um, that's why, like, say uh, someone takes these, these you know, like, this is a bad quarterback here, but someone takes one of these quarterbacks that has that type of skill and say you already have a quarterback that you're going to play, you're going to start this year. Maybe that guy becomes a guy that, can come in and be a change of pace. I think that's what the Bears probably wanted to try and do with Dalton and then bring Justin Fields in. Well, it turned out that, you know, Dalton wasn't good enough to hold off, you know, getting this guy, get getting Justin Fields some experience. So, yeah, there's two schools of thought. I mean, you know, Justin, you know, when Dalton, uh, the one time when he, when they got hurt and, uh, and Nagy, they put in, uh, I think it might have been against the Browns, they put Justin Fields in and asked him to play like Andy Dalton. Uh, and that didn't work. It was it was horrendous. So, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, if that's your school of thought, get a guy who's got the similar skills. But you want to change a pace, and we don't even know if Colin Kaepernick. I mean, we haven't seen him play. Uh, you know, this uh, these upstart leagues. It's kind of nice to see him. Uh, what if he played in one of those? I mean, I know you don't get a full scope of whether you can play in the NFL by watching those, but you get a better scope than than just throwing the ball at Michigan or whatever. There it was, the the mention of the Browns. The only thing that's mentioned more often than the Browns on this Vikings podcast is Mankato Beer. So wow. I just have to mention it now because as soon as we're done here, I'm going to the going to the brewery to, uh, for a board meeting, and uh, where it's the greatest meeting I've ever gone to because the first order of business is what will he have. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down there to that. There you go. Um, one last quarterback note, you know, Kyle Sloter playing – Playing for New Orleans in the USFL, we didn't need him, huh? Didn't didn't need him here. I mean, couldn't he step in? He's a he's a how do how do you do? I have. No you said idea. he said he won. He won, right? I, oh, right. I you know I I would have I didn't I just totally forgot that they were playing. I didn't 
Mm-hmm. I would have watched it. Didn't they have like an all day? You know, he got he um, got a little steam on uh, uh, on Twitter, and of course, that's you know they're all just saying what I just said, just for the hell of it. You know, I, I'm I'm being sarcastic, but you know, yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't know. The guy would have. Uh, he was Mister Preseason, I guess. So, um, yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of. Uh, friendly coaches to the media uh the media room just got a little uh more fun for you right uh, kevin seifert your old home he came coming back from uh espn to take over the vikings beat for for the same for the espn so is is that exciting yeah it's like a it's like throwback it's like a throwback uh, era you know so yeah kevin um you know he 2007 might have been his last year at the star tribune i think uh then he went his first gig at ESPN was more of the, uh, he did the, 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 the division for at least two years, I think yeah. two, three years yeah. where he kind of like monitored all, all four teams, but was based in Minnesota. And then he carved out, you know, one heck of a niche, especially the, this, the, the era that we're in with all, with the rules officials and, yeah. you know, every, every week, you know, with rules and rules screw up being like a, a weekly story, you know, Kevin was all over that. I don't know. Um, I think someone said that he might have tweeted that he's still going to do some of that. Um, but yeah, he'll be out at the Vikings. So yeah, it's uh, if, you know, if ESPN's your Avenue that you get some of that stuff from, then, you know, you know Kev, what I like about Kevin is he's, he's not a low hanging fruit guy. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, it's very thoughtful stuff and it's uh, certainly his questions are, you know, deep and thoughtful and, you, you know, makes the people uh, think when they, when they answer. So, yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's fun to have him back. I'm shocked. I mean, it's like he's not he's not 23 years old, and it's first time on the beat. He's, he's got similar hair color to you and I, and and it's been around. He's got more. Hair. He's got more hair than we do, but it's uh, it's the same color. So uh, you know, maybe 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 I got to dust off my press credential and get back out there. I wouldn't look so out of place. So uh, nah, the hell with that. I'd rather. Nah, go- it's too much work. Yeah, I'd rather go golfing. So when, 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 when are we going to go golf and where are we going to go golf? And that's that's what we'll have to decide in the coming weeks because I know the folks listening are riveted for that. Just kidding. Well, and on that note, uh, I think that's all we got for this week on the Vikings Territory Breakdown. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike Wolden behind the scenes. And uh, uh, come on back next week. It'll be two, you know, we, we'll be broadcasting right before the draft. Maybe we'll have – Maybe we'll force Mark to say, okay, who, who in your final analysis that uh, uh, the Vikings are going to pick but uh, or how you think the d- draft will go. But that's always an exciting time, so it's plenty happening in Purple Town. Come on back, and, and we will certainly talk to you then. Until then, thanks, Joe. Skull, brother.